Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, about how to encourage and build up one another. Now, another set of individuals that need encouragement is not just uh, the congregants of a fellowship, but it's the pastors of a fellowship. Because pastors are people too. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. And you guys have done a tremendous job of keeping us encouraged. You do it with Snickers bars. It's just a tremendous (laughs) blessing. Uh, Frozen yogurt gift cards. Really, I think you get rewards in heaven for those, just so you guys know. But I was thinking the other day of men who have taken bold stands in our state, like Rob McCoy in Thousand Oaks, Jack Hibbs in Chino Hills, John MacArthur in Los Angeles. And uh, every week, these men are getting cease and desist orders sent to their churches and uh, they are getting uh, signs posted uh, on their door. And by the way, if they don't let county health officials to post those signs onto the property, they get an additional $500 fine. So I was checking out this blog, and this guy's been keeping up with what's going on with John MacArthur. And he said county health officials from L.A. County showed up at the church. And in order to spare the fine for the church, they walked those county health officials onto the property. And I think there was three of them. And they escorted them into the building to post their signs. And those county workers actually stayed the whole church service. Yeah, and they heard the gospel. Oh, by the way, two of of the three of them were already born-again Christians. And they communicated to this guy who does these blogs that they got paid to sit through John MacArthur's church service. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Not only that, their friend got to hear the gospel who doesn't know the Lord. And they said that 90% of the people who work for the county think what's happening is absolutely ridiculous and they hate it. So don't think that just because a few people at the top are pulling their shenanigans that everybody's in agreement. There is a silent majority in this state and in this country that needs to rise up. Amen? And say enough is enough of this stuff. And praise the Lord that those men have decided to keep standing. And they've said, you know what, our doors are going to be open because I don't believe it's my job to shut the doors of the church. This is not my church. And I know there's all these differing opinions on what we should or shouldn't be doing, but I'll say this to you. We have a mandate to be together and encourage one another. And we need it. We need it desperately. And by the way, of all these churches that have been open, 7,000 people coming to MacArthur's church. I think Jack's church in Chino Hills is now at about 15,000 people. No cases of COVID sickness. So, hello. Also heard John MacArthur recently say that in our state, one one-hundredth of 1% of people in California have COVID right now. 
one one hundredth of one percent of people have COVID right now. So what is the state of emergency that we have? Again, if you've been affected by this, I am not trying to tell you there's not a real virus. But the reaction to what is actually reality right now is making me ask some serious questions about what's really going on here. And I praise God that we have men of God who have said, you know what, we're going to stand. We're going to obey God rather than men. We're going to be wise. We're going to be careful. We're going to try to love each other through it. But I would tell you, if you haven't been, would you be praying for names that you know of? Uh, and I'm not talking about just in this state, but all over the country and for that matter, the world. And there's others that I could have mentioned. Would you be praying for these pastors? Because they need our prayers. You could be assured that the target on some of these guys' chest is huge. And you may not fully understand, nor may I, the spiritual warfare that they go through on a daily basis. It's not, this is not easy stuff. But I, I want to just uh, have you see some key words in verse 12 that we appreciate those who diligently labor among us and have charge over us in the Lord. See, in the middle of verse 12, this is what we believe as leaders. I believe I'm going to answer to the ultimate shepherd for the way I shepherded you. I believe I'm going to give an account for the way I cared for God's people. And I believe that day is coming very soon. And I want to be able to say, Lord, I did my best to honor you and to honor your word. And I desperately want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. See, really, if, if the Bible's true, if there's a God, if really all of that that we see is going to be destroyed and made new again, this is all that really matters. And when your life comes down to these kinds of simple things, then it simplifies a lot. You see, we are to appreciate those who diligently labor. It's not just their position, it's their diligence. Who work hard among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you, notice, instruction. Nuthateo is the Greek word. It means to put into the mind, to caution, to warn to exhort, to reprove, or to admonish. These are those who teach us in Bible studies or open the Word of God to us, that you esteem them very highly in love, 13, because of their work, not because of their position, not because of their title on a business card. Esteem them very highly because of their work. Live in peace with one another. There's another one another command. We're to encourage one another, we're to live in peace with one another. We're to be encouragers. If you're taking notes, we're to be people of appreciation and people of respect or esteem, as I think the NIV has verse 13. We're to respect authority. I could talk a lot about authority and the lack of respect in our culture, but you know, it used to be that pastors and police officers and People and authority actually garnered a level of respect in our culture. I remember years ago, I went into a uh, golf course, and uh, uh, this was the time when there was a lot of abuse cases coming out. 
And it happened to be the Roman Catholic Church at the time. A lot of priests were being accused of abuse and so forth. And so uh, I was with a friend of mine who was a police officer and a discount was given. And I said, hey, do you guys have a pastoral discount here for pastors golfing? And he said, no, I think we'll charge you more. And all God's people said, ouch. He must have known my golf game. But anyway, he was anticipating me hitting a house or something. But no, but it, it, was a, it was a cynical statement, but it was said in all seriousness. I don't think he appreciated pastors very much because our society has maybe some reasons to have some question marks. But then again, how often do you hear about faithful men in the ministry who serve 40, 50 years, who are at the bedsides of you know, people who are uh, suffering and hurting and perhaps dying, who are faithful week in and week out? How much do you hear about that? How much is that highlighted on the evening news? It doesn't get highlighted. Because the media loves sensationalism. It loves to you know, kick them when they're down as the old song was it the Eagles? That, that's, you know, the, the bleach blonde comes on at five. She can tell you about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. It's interesting when people die. Give us dirty laundry. Come on. No, don't sing it, please. Sorry. Sometimes songs just pop into my head. Wasn't in the notes, I promise you. But thank you, thank you. 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those, 1 Timothy 5, 17, who work hard at preaching and teaching. Now, I've heard a lot of debate for, of people who are different, in different movements. Uh, for example, uh, Greek Orthodoxy. And they'll say, you know, the center of a church service is communion. And the ancient church service was about this or about that. I have news for you. One of the biggest priorities given to pastors when you read your Bible is the preaching of the Word of God. It's at the center of ancient church services, according to Justin Martyr. And it's at the center of the pastoral epistles. There is a huge priority given on the instruction of the Word of God. And you may be asking, why do we spend so much time in our Bibles? Because this is the priority given to the men who God has called. Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep is what Jesus said to Peter. This is the uh, book of Hebrews. I, I tell you what, let's turn to our right. Hebrews 13. I want you to see a passage that applies to all of us, but there's a little bit more about church leadership here, and I think we all need to know this. Hebrews 13, look at verse 7. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember those who led you. Hebrews 13, 7, Who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. All the way down to verse 14. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice to pray, of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. 16. Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders. 17. And submit to them, 
for they keep watch, they are shepherds, if you will, over your soul. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those, 1 Timothy 5, 17, who work hard at preaching and teaching. Now, I've heard a lot of debate for uh, people who are different in different movements. Uh, for example, uh, Greek Orthodoxy, and they'll say, you know, the center of a church service is communion, and the ancient church service was about this or about that. I have news for you. One of the biggest priorities given to pastors when you read your Bible is the preaching of the Word of God. It's at the center of ancient church services, according to Justin Martyr. And it's at the center of the pastoral epistles. There is a huge priority given on the instruction of the Word of God. And you may be asking, why do we spend so much time in our Bibles? Because this is the priority given to the men who God has called. Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep is what Jesus said to Peter. This is the uh, book of Hebrews. I, I tell you what, let's turn to our right. Hebrews 13. I want you to see a passage that applies to all of us, but there's a little bit more about church leadership here, and I think we all need to know this. Hebrews 13, look at verse 7. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember those who led you. Hebrews 13, 7 who spoke the word of God to you and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. All the way down to verse 14. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips 
giving thanks to his name. 16. Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders, 17, and submit to them, for they keep watch, they are shepherds, if you will, over your souls. As those who will give an account, let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. And then I want you to keep turning to 1 Peter, a little bit more to your right, chapter 5, so you can see a little bit more about what under shepherds, under the chief shepherd are supposed to be doing. Peter writes, 1 Peter 5, 1, Therefore I exhort the elders among you, 1 Peter 5, 1, as your fellow elder, says Peter, and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears at his return here, you, shepherds, will receive the unfading crown of glory. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And so we pray for our leaders, and certainly we have ways to measure them. They're not to be lording it over to people. They're not to be in the ministry for sordid gain. If you go to a church and they take five different offerings on a Sunday morning, that should be a red flag. If it's always talk about money and about this or that, that should be a red flag. But, but shepherds are actually called to shepherd, protect, and serve the flock. Jesus said that the one that would be greatest among you shall be what? Servant of all. This is what service in the church means. It's what service in a marriage means. It means you lay down your life for others. The good shepherd, the ultimate shepherd, laid down his life for his sheep. He, the shepherd in ancient times, would lay at the opening of the, the sheep pen to keep predators out. That's the job of a shepherd. And that's why we esteem them very highly. We're to be people of respect. In verse 13, show new living, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Poole says their love was to be joined with esteem and esteem with love and both these to be to about and to to abound and to superabound towards them. So we're to be people of respect, people of peace, 14, 1 Thessalonians 5. And we urge you, brethren, four things. This is that we do for one another. Admonish the unruly. Encourage the faint-hearted. This is all part of our building up and encouraging. It just continues. Help the weak. Be patient with all men. Four categories here, just quickly. The first, admonish, can mean to warn, to exhort. Unruly means those who have fallen out of rank or those who need to be told, don't be idle anymore, don't be apathetic, or to put it another way, Get off the bench and get into the game. Amen? Ooh, that was a weak amen. Don't you think that a lot of people need to be told right now to get off the bench and get into the game? It's what we need. And the unruly has this idea of people who are out of rank. 
they are not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not in line. And so we need to move them back into line. These are people who get out of line, you could say literally, and we encourage them to get back into line. This is a different type of encouragement, but some people need it. Sometimes we need to say to some people, you know what, this is what you need to do. And it's not always, it'll be better, it's okay. But hey, this is what you need to do. And let me help you with it. Just like a general would say to a soldier, get in rank, man. Yeah, you can do another push-up. You can make it. It's a different sort of encouragement, but it is something that is needed. Secondly, if you look at uh, 14, we are to admonish the unruly and to encourage the faint-hearted. Literally, the Greek word is the small-souled. There are people right now that are walking in fear. Fear has overwhelmed their lives. We are to encourage or comfort the small-souled or the faint-hearted. This could be, back to the uh, earlier verses, those who are anxious about departed loved ones and the, the coming of the Lord, those who may need consolation in the face of a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one. If they're faint of heart, you know, we sometimes say, this is not for the faint of heart, but let's say somebody is faint of heart. What should we do? We're to try to put courage into them. We're to try to build up their heart again. A little girl was sent on an errand by her mother. She took much too long in coming back. Mother therefore demanded an explanation when she finally did return. The little girl explained that on her way, she had met a little friend who was crying because she had broken her doll. Oh, said mother, then you stopped to help her fix her doll. Oh no, replied the little girl. I stopped to help her cry. Sometimes that's what we're called to do. And all God's people said, oh, I heard that. That was, that was cool. Oh. And sometimes that's what, what our call is. We stop just to help somebody cry. Many years ago, uh, Pastor Chuck Smith, who's since gone home to be with the Lord, got a phone call at the church office. It was from a woman who had been part of their congregation for many years. She said, Pastor Chuck, uh, my husband has left me for another woman. He's living in a downtown apartment with this woman. This man was a leader in business, a leader in the church. He uh, had a good reputation, a beautiful family, beautiful home, lot, lot to live for, a lot of respectable things. And he had uh, somehow gotten involved with this other woman, and she said, Pastor Chuck, would you go down and talk some sense into him? So Pastor Chuck says he got in his car, and he was driving to this downtown area, very shabby area. He started comparing where this guy was uh, staying compared to what he did have, and he couldn't believe it. He knocked at the door, and the guy sheepishly realized who it was, answered the door. Pastor Chuck said he sat down, and he was going to begin to speak to the guy. And he said the whole time that he was driving, he was praying, Oh, Lord, give me the right words. Oh, Lord, give me the right words. Oh, Lord, help me. Say something that'll make this guy come to his senses and go back home. He said as he opened his mouth, he began to look around. The woman kind of stuck her head out and went back into another room. And he, he thought about what, where this guy had come from and all that he had left behind. He said he just began to cry. And he said he started to cry like a baby. And he couldn't get any words out. He said this went on for a while, and he said he was so embarrassed that he told the man, I'm sorry, I can't get it together. I just have to leave. And he left. All he did was cry the whole time. 
He said he got in his car. He felt so horrible about himself. He said, Lord, I'm, a, I'm just a terrible pastor. I should have had a pearl of wisdom for this guy. I should have said something that would talk sense into him. Nothing but a bunch of bubbling, bumbling tears. He got a phone call later on that that man had gone back home. Because the Lord had used his tears to communicate more than any words could have shared. His heart was broken, and it reflected the broken heart of God. You've been listening to Encourage and Build Up One Another, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 5, 12-15. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. So who is Michael Lance? Well, he's the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And if you live anywhere in Southern California, we want to invite you and your family to come to our free outdoor harvest fest this Saturday, starting at 6 p.m. There'll be trunks of treats, a fun maze, a cakewalk, and many other activities. And you'll get to meet Pastor Michael. So let the kids dress up and come to Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're right off the 91 freeway at Lincoln Avenue. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way. Get information when you download the Living Truth app or by calling the church during normal business hours, which are Tuesday through Friday at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 12 through 15. Encourage and build up one another. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.